good morning, good afternoon, good night. However you're watching, wherever you're watching, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, it is the Bet Online Salute Detroit podcast. It's Tuesday, and we got the tripod here. The good old tripod, the trusty tripod, the bearded brothers. Jamal told us he just shaved three minutes ago, and so his his shadow's already back. But I'm going to roll it to the founder himself, Ryan. Good evening. How are you doing today? Good evening to you. Good. It was a good... uh. Good busy weekend and glad to be back in the lab talking. We're finally getting to DBs today. So talking this defensive back room with new coach Belk and, and what it's going to look like. But how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm making it through. Treading through. Treading through. No complaints this way. Madman, big smile on your face. How are you doing? Doing okay, Fred. Great to see you. You know, I'm glad we we all got the memo about the facial hair, but I must have missed the memo about the baseball cap. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, but great to do this as always on uh, on a, a great Monday evening. Somebody left a comment and thought it was a Dallas. I was wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. I am not wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. Los Angeles Dodgers. This baby. is the Dodgers the farm Dodgers. system. This is the Tulsa Drillers. Like this is one hundred percent Dodgers. So I will never wear a Dallas Cowboys hat on the LAFB network. Anyway, <clears throat> moving forward, we're talking DBs today. Apparently. There's been no big news because we're finally breaking down our depth chart, right? So we've been, geez, this is about three, four months coming, right? There's been news after news after news. We thought we were going to have some breaking news out of Michigan. We saw that this weekend. I think they're still working on that. So we'll let that one percolate on the back burner still until it finally became becomes a rolling boil. As my mom always says, a watch pot never boils. So if that one pops That'll be big news, and we'll be on talking about that one. Uh, DBs, let's get into DBs. Let's let's go from back to front first, so we'll talk safeties. We'll talk safeties first, and then we'll get into corners. How does that sound for you, gentlemen? Sounds good. That was your uh, your position, right, safety? That was my position. I was a safety, even though I played linebacker in high school, but I was only a buck 89 going into college. So <sighs> I was too small to play linebacker but I was big enough to play safety. Those big Pete Carroll safeties. There you go. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's start off with a common name, right? We have a common name, a big name. This is, excuse me for my eyes. My allergies just kicked in for some reason. Anyway, this has been a big name in USC this year, but he plays on the opposite side of the ball, went through injury. But to me, I thought he would play very well, right? Um, if he gets healthy, he is a Trojan at heart. I'm talking about, I don't want to say the wrong name, Zion Branch. I was about to say Zachariah Branch, but Zion Branch. <laughs> Zion Branch, he is a Trojan. I don't see them going anywhere. They're going to stick to USC. They are Trojans. The key is he just needs to get healthy. But he has, I got my little sheet here. Uh, I want to see what year he is. Because I think he is young too, right? Are they? How far apart are they from each other? They're one year apart, I believe. So Zion is a redshirt freshman. You're right. And Zachariah is a true freshman. So they're pretty much in the same class. So he has another three years because this will be a sophomore year, sophomore, junior, senior. Yep, three years. That will be a big plug for USC, especially uh, with somebody we're going to talk about later on in the safety room. So this might be good for him to get healthy you know what I mean? And then he'll come back his junior year. You get two years out of him. What do you guys think about Zion Branch? 
Yeah, I mean, tons of talent. Uh, he's flashed like how good he can be. You know, everyone talks about his brother Zachariah, but Zion, I think, has shown and got a lot of love in fall camp, and unfortunately, just couldn't stay healthy. So, um, not a lot of tape on him, but you know, the 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 bloodlines there, the talents there, and you know, his biggest, I guess, I think this is good for the room. But I mean, it's a it's it's a pretty deep room now, which is you couldn't maybe say that last year, and and we'll get to all of it. But some guys transferring in and and whatnot, and and where he kind of lies in is you know he's got a battle to get playing time which is great for competition and great for this unit you know with the new coaching staff but tons of talent hopefully he can just stay healthy and put it all together because whether it's special teams or whether it's spot starting or whether it's you know certain dime packages or whatever it may be you know he's definitely a force that is a good addition to this defense when he's out there what about you man man what do you think yeah no completely agree i mean he's he's sort of scratching the surface of of what he can do there's a ton of that that branch dna that falls both on the offensive as well as the defensive side of the ball i think ryan said it best there's a lot of depth uh at this position in particular and but yet there's no kind of alpha that's that's emerged and and so you know in years past with the secondary corner safety less depth but you sort of had a clear-cut number one you know you had a Kalen Bullock you had a Blackman you had guys that you would sort of rally the unit and position group around here it's a lot deeper but everyone's sort of jockeying for you know who's going to really step up into those leadership roles and so someone like a branch who's shown a lot of promise comes back in another year of continuity you know he's going to be there for the long haul with his brother all of those are kind of the ingredients for a significant leadership role as well as just tremendous athleticism. There's a quickness there. Um, it's just all the tools are there. Just a matter maybe of him putting on perhaps five to seven more pounds of muscle to just, you know, be able to endure a full college season and stay healthy. Uh, but all the tools are there. Really excited about how he develops in the offseason and going into next year. The thing I like about Zion is the fact that he could play down in the box also. Yeah, that's one of the best things about him. Like if you need a true roll down safety, which I think will help him go into the NFL because he could play that roll down in the box safety that a lot of teams are starting to play. He he plays down in the box a lot. He actually got hurt, if I'm not mistaken, playing down in the box. But he'll go down. He'll make contact. He'll hit you. He'll play down in the box. Moving on. This next kid showed up in the Holiday Bowl. Like, wow, where has he been all year? He's a rusher sophomore. Um, he just surprised, he surprised everybody. I think he had a, nope. I don't think he was the one that had a bunch of tackles. Ryan will correct me, but Anthony Beavers Jr. He was, he the one that had the bunch of tackles, all the tackles or was that the, that was Anthony Beavers. Okay. He had a really good game. Jalen Smith had like the 30 tackles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to Jalen Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So Anthony Beavers Jr. Like, and so we'll just go off of what have you done for me lately. Right. And like I say, SC has the best have the best has the best advantage out of any Division One football team because they got to play a spring game. They actually got to evaluate their depth chart against a ten and three team. Right? Anthony Beavers played that Holiday Bowl and he played very well, even though they were on a big rotation. You heard his name a lot. He was flying around the field. The upside for him is great. Um, the only thing now is what's next. You know what I mean? How much? And it's going to be a lot of this for a lot of these kids, but how much can you grow from Louisville? You know, is complacency going to be a thing? Have you hit your peak or are we going to see something very good? Are you going to make the all the finalist lists and be a big name? Jamal, what do you think about Anthony Beavers Jr.? 
I just love the way he competed in in the Holiday Bowl and and just kind of got after it. There was a number of different plays there where there were Louisville players in space. It was sort of a one-on-one situation, and Beavers was able to make the play. He was either able to kind of stuff the wide receiver outright or limit the gain and and just kind of go mano-a-mano. And so I think there was tremendous kind of competitiveness, number one. I think he's got great instincts for where guys are going. He sort of squares up his body. Uh, and there's no hesitation, you know, sometimes, uh, guys in the secondary, when they're, you know, sort of trying to defend a player with the ball in kind of a yak situation, they're always kind of retreating and giving up yards because they don't want to kind of give up the big play. Beavers is very different. He's, he goes and attacks these guys and, and he's not afraid to kind of whiff. Uh, and in the process, he, he makes tremendous plays. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that aggression um, and how just that raw instinct for the ball then plays within structure. I think the benefit that Beavers had in the Holiday Bowl, he was asked to just go play. Just go play football, go be instinctive, don't think, and just, you know, follow the guy with the ball. You know, it was just a very simple approach given the circumstances around that game. Now you come in with Belk, with DeAnton Lynn, there's a structure, these games mean more, there's more at stake in terms of making a mistake. So how does he channel that aggression within the structure and I think that's why the coaching staff is there so that's what I'm going to be looking for from Beavers the next couple of months but I I just love his approach and his tenacity it reminds me a lot of Blackman in in that sense where he's just he's a dog he wants to compete he wants to go after it with guys so excited to see where he grows Ryan yeah I want to add too much to that um but yeah it was so fun to watch him down at Petco in the holiday bowl and you know just hadn't one of those guys that hadn't been given a ton of opportunity uh, until this, you know, the leading up to the holiday bowl. And so it'll be interesting to see is now with this coaching change, um, you know, with Belk, I think Belk was hired like a day before the holiday bowl, but probably wasn't on staff, obviously. Um, So seeing what, you know, this room in general, but especially for these young guys, um, what that looks like, but everything Jamal said, uh, you know, it's be curious to see where he, kind of lines up and if they use him in different situations like nickel or whatnot, um, or if he's truly just kind of a too high safety look. Um, but obviously that great play that he had uh, that kind of sealed the game. So um, fun to really fun to see his development moving forward. So this next kid, <clears throat> I think this was his first start and he got the defensive MVP right out the gate, right? And had 15 tackles. Don't quote me. Uh, hold on. I actually have a stat fact still. Sorry, the, the the baby put it on the floor, but I found I got it right here. Uh, stat we, pack, still have it. I love it. Still have the stat pack. And while you're while you're looking for that, he uh he started quite a bit, but he's more of a nickel than a okay. true safety. But he played quite a bit. Um, they don't have it on here. They it just had have to a, have been, you know, 13 tackles, perhaps, something like that. It was 13 to 15. Yeah, it was a really good number. i just really curious about it. Yeah, but it felt we'll, like it was all solo, too. Yeah. I'll look it up while you guys are talking. It was uh, – we'll talk – it is uh, Jalen Smith. So, like Ryan said, he start, started more in nickel, which apparently is out of position because now he played as a true safety, and he played a hell of a game, right? And just like that, he got – um defensive MVP because he had all those tackles. 12, 12 tackles. Yeah. 12 tackles, right? So that, I mean, that just explains the Alex Grinch era, right? You put a kid completely out of position and he doesn't shine. You put him where he belongs and all of a sudden 
defensive MVP against one of on one of the top schools in the nation, ten and three, right? Playing for a conference championship, and I mean, he played well. There's a, like I said, there's a bunch of upside. He got the reps, got a chance to start. Where does he go from here? You know what I mean? That's the next question. Like, this is another kid. Where does he go from here? So I'm excited to see his growth. I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Another one of the things you that I'm excited to see is how do they compete? That's the next question I want to see because we're, the kid we're going to talk about next is coming in and it's going to make them compete. So how does he compete? Ryan, what do you have to say about him? Yeah, aside from his playing the fields, I think he has a ton of talent and and showed flashes all throughout the year. And obviously the climax or, or the exclamation point in that game of what he can really do. But for me, he feels like a guy that can be the true leader of this defense, uh, you know, you know, coming back again and been in the program for a while um, and, you know, a California kid. And, you know, if you've heard him in interviews, you know, very well spoken. And I think he's just a very like savvy in terms of talking to the media. And so not that that makes you a team leader by any means, but I think just, interactions with him and seeing how he how he is and how he plays on the field that's what i want to see is is does he take kind of the reins of the you know not just the leader of the back end but like the leader of this defense that is going to have a lot of new faces obviously a whole new system whole new scheme all new coaches and so he's a guy that you know along with a few others being kind of the the guy that's been with the program almost the longest you know how does he take the leadership reins? so great player tons of talent but i think it's more the mentals and the leadership that i'm looking forward to seeing kind of what he takes control of Jamal, your thoughts on Jamin Smith? Yeah, he's kind of my budding superstar. Uh, he He's sort of my Jacoby Lane on defense. I just think that this is the guy with the biggest upside on the back end of this defense. And obviously a ton of publicity around that holiday bowl game with the 12 tackles, as Ryan mentioned. But he had three games. I mean, in, in this sort of spot start, you know, scattered rotation, you know, call it the Grinch effect, if you will, of, of keeping guys out of position. Three games with 10-plus tackles. I mean, it was the Holiday Bowl game. It was the the crazy 50-49 to 49 game against Cal. And then it was the crazy 43-41 triple overtime game against Arizona. And in a lot of ways, that Cal game, he put a, a stamp on that game in so many ways. He's the one who kind of created the volatility there in that fourth quarter that allowed some turnovers to happen on the Cal side for SC to jump back in the game. If you recall, SC was behind even in the fourth quarter of that game. His activity, him flying around with the ball, really kind of created a kind of a chaotic tempo with Cal when they were humming the ball down the field. And I thought he was a tr- tremendous game changer there. And then he had a huge role in the Arizona game, and particularly in the comeback after SC fell behind uh, by two or three scores earlier in that game. So he's already made an imprint on a lot of different games. I think people forget, a lot of people remember that you the, the UCLA game, the victory bell game with kind of the scoop and score play with Marshawn Lloyd. That touchdown before on third and goal when Ethan Garbers kind of flipped it over for a touchdown and started the second half. Jalen Smith was hanging on Ethan Garbers, almost made kind of the play of the game there for SC. So he's been in a lot of great situations, just sort of scratching, again, the surface of what he's capable of doing. This is the guy with the biggest upside. I, I see a world here where... In many ways, obviously, we're so kind of quarterback-centric and and defensive line-centric in the game today in terms of stats. But in so many ways, I see Jalen Smith and Jacoby Lane kind of being the MVPs of this team in 2024 on both sides of the ball. I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention the next guy we're going to bring up. Um, The the thing that I really am seeing, though, is a lot of these guys getting drafted high. 
And the reason why I say that is because when you look at it, Zion Branch could play in the box, right? Jalen Smith could play in the box. Um, um, damn, we were just talking about them. Beavers could play in the box, right? The, the, all three of those guys could legit play in the box, right? And that gives you a extra notch on your belt when it comes to draft evaluation. He could play over the top, and he could play down in run support. He's one more. So um, you could have a string of guys getting drafted on Thursday night out of USC. That's safety, and it could become a DBU type of thing. Maybe. I'm not saying it's going to be, but maybe you, you could see that trend happening. So um, it's really interesting. So I hope they grow on it. So and, and like I said earlier, competition is going to be the main thing, right? So they bring in DeAnton Land from UCLA and then Kamari Ramsey transfers in with DeAnton Land, who's one of the top safeties in the Pac-12. We'll say we'll just say the Pac-12. We won't get everybody all riled up. We'll just keep it within the Pac-12, which is really good. Jamal, you actually called this when I was talking about Damani Jackson, how he was like Kamari Ramsey. Then like that could be a really good defensive backfield. Yep. Um, it still can be, and we saw that it can be. Kamari Ramsey brings leadership to the table that we always felt was missing from the defense. It also brings this. Safety is one of the smartest people on the defensive field, right? And you're bringing in a guy who already knows the defense and could put a lot of guys in the right places. Does that does that um, take reps away from Beavers and Branch? Yeah, maybe. But those guys are young and they could wait their turn, right? So if you get Kamari Ramsey and Jalen Smith in your defensive backfield right as your two starting safeties, you're starting to look pretty good now. And most people run four, two, five. So Beavers and Brents also have an opportunity to pray. But with Kamari Ramsey, he brings in the knowledge and the leadership that's needed and a little bit of that grit because the UCLA was a little bit tougher than USC this year. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Brings that grit, brings puts that tough exterior back on the defense. So I'm excited about this transfer. I'm excited to see what competition this creates because the people who stayed and decided to play said they're going to try to compete for a starting spot. So that's really great. I'll pass it to you, Jamal, being a part-time Bruin and a former Bruin coming in. I'll let you go first. How do you feel about this Kamari Ramsey coming in? Yeah, Fred, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, that's why I felt that Jalen Smith kind of had the biggest upside from kind of an athletic perspective, from an athleticism standpoint. But when you talk about kind of future leader of this unit, it is Kamari Ramsey. There's no question about it. UCLA kind of gave him the keys to the kingdom kind of that second half of the year as a first year starter to really be the guy on the back end, calling the plays, calling the defenses, really being that captain of the secondary back there. Uh, I think he's got tremendous instincts to the ball, uh, you know, from kind of deeper situations. And then he's also got really an understanding of kind of the geometry of, of offenses. And and I think it comes from the fact that, you know, this is a very intelligent young man. You know, it, it came down to Stanford and UCLA for him, actually straight out of high school, ended up picking UCLA. And just I think that the deep relationship that he has with DeAnton Lynn, DeAnton Lynn is the reason Kamari Ramsey is a USC Trojan right now, him and John Humphreys. And so I think there's a tremendous amount of trust with DeAnton Lynn and Kamari Ramsey, and particularly for Lynn coming into a new situation, really needing to evaluate so much, so many variables right now for Lynn. I think he's kind of coming in and saying, look, I think all 11 spots right now potentially are open 
uh, in terms of how I'm thinking about it. But when you have someone that's coming back that you completely trust, I think he's really going to lean on Kamari Ramsey, particularly in 24, to be that captain of the secondary. You mentioned it, uh, Fred. Grit, instincts, knowledge, poise, uh, athleticism. He's really got it all. Really bright NFL future here. And when you combine sort of his knowledge with the explosiveness and upside of a Jalen Smith, you're now starting to bring versatility to that secondary where you can play a lot of different offenses over the course of the year in the Big Ten. You can play kind of more power offenses like Wisconsin, bring guys up in the box. You can play more spread it out, explosive offenses a la Ohio State and potentially Oregon, you know, and you can just have a lot of different variety, you know, more play action teams like Penn State, for instance. So it just opens up a versatility that you can start matching up with more and more teams in the Big Ten. So I really love kind of that combination. Hopefully they stay Trojans for a couple of years and and there's something to build here. Because if one of these guys kind of blows up next year, guess what? That's sort of three years removed from high school and they're already eligible to go to the NFL draft. So you want them to blow up, but maybe not blow up so much where, where you get a couple of years out of them. You wanted to be a fourth rounder, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you should come <laughs> exactly. back and and, and exactly. just thought." So th- exactly. there's, there's two questions. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know this. Where is he from originally? I think he's a, he's a Southern California kid, right? SoCal kid. SoCal kid is is Ramsey. Uh, I, the the high school is is evading me, but yeah, he's he's a SoCal kid. All right. And the second thing is, do you think he'll say USC or UCLA is harder academically? Because I think it's USC. <laughs> I love that question. Well, let's see. Let's let, let's see him kind of get in. The the one thing I'll say is the 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 athletes always say UCLA and I'm not like trying to, you know, stir the pot here because I would never. I mean, when do I ever stir the pot? But I think the quarter system is a lot harder on athletes than the semester system. Uh, so I yeah. think, I, I think UCLA kind of it is a more rigorous situation for the athletes. Yeah, it's it's a little bit faster. It's what is it condensed into eight or nine weeks or something it's like ten that? weeks versus sixteen. You know, yeah. you, so you're it feels like you're just always in exams every three weeks and and all of that stuff. So I got you, Ryan. How do you feel about Kamari Ramsey? Yeah, and I just looked. He went to Sierra Canyon uh, in Chatsworth. So okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, again, won't add a ton. I think this is one of their biggest transfer portal gets um, as a redshirt freshman. Knowing the defense is probably. A one of the most important things is coming in and just being able to, you know, dictate what needs to be done on the back end, playing it in a year, playing in the system for a year. Um, but then obviously just had a very good year and was on a, a top, you know, top 15 defense in UCLA and, and carries that pedigree over with him um, to USC. So, uh, yeah, I want to add too much. I think it's a phenomenal get. We talked about it when he first transferred, um, how he was a huge him and John Humphrey uh, coming over together. And I mean, the safety room, you know, we still have two guys plus two transfer guys to get to it's a deep room and i'm curious if any guys i don't want to start thinking like grinch or anything but if any guys will move to corner um to try to have a better shot at playing because even if you go you know five deep you're still probably only playing three safeties back there and and there's four that could potentially all be you know spot starters in this room maybe five yeah so there's there's one more transfer the kid from oregon state right yeah, so yeah, Achille Arnold. Achille the Arnold, guy. there you go. Help, there, thank you for the and then, assistance. And then Christian Pierce is the other safety that was a freshman yeah, this year. Yeah, Christian Pierce. I was going to get to Christian Pierce. So, I mean, as we say, we're freshmen. We really don't get to play. Christian Pierce, like, high guy. They're probably still high on him. He's staying. So the most important thing is, let's just talk about Christian Pierce real quick. The most important thing is that he's staying, 
right? It's easy for him to be like, I'm not going to play. They're bringing in another guy. I'm ready to bounce. He's staying. He's going to see this thing out. He'll get some valuable reps in the spring. Uh, hopefully he competes. And then, you know, for him, if the game is too fast, the best thing for him to do is to make the plane by getting on special teams, and that slows the game down, which slows the game down for me. I can only speak for me in my experience. Playing special teams slowed the game down. So special seeing him on special teams reps and those types of things will make him better. But um, not a ton of film, um, but he's still a Trojan. That's the most important thing, right? Seeing guys who don't play their first year and they're still Trojans. So I, I'm, I'm good about that. So um, we'll move on to Akili Arnold. Real, real quick, Al. Go ahead. I, I saw this uh, earlier that uh, our, our buddy USCJ did a video comparing him to Taylor Mays, Christian Pierce. I don't, Christian I'm, Pierce? I'm about to, I, think, I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what he said, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that means he's a big kid. Yeah, he is a big kid. And so he went if, to, I'll have to hit up my, he went to Rancho Cucamonga High School, which my cousin is a professor, or I guess in high school, it's just a teacher. Teacher. But yeah. A teacher at. I'll have to hit him up if he uh, had him in his class ever. So if Christian Pierce is as big as Taylor Mays, this is just me evaluating today's football game. And I would love to hear your parent, uh, opinion on this. So I like you guys because you guys know this stuff way more than me. I just know names and I watch guys play. But, if Christian Pierce is as big as Taylor Mays, what do you think it would be better for him for today's game for him to move to linebacker than to stay at safety, right? Because Taylor Mays was 6'3", like 215, almost 220 in, in, as a freshman, right? And today's linebackers are like that. He's only going to get bigger. So instead of trying to maintain his weight, just let him – do what he has to do and let him be free and let him be a really fast linebacker, especially if he could tackle, especially for today's game. Like I think that change is worth moving and putting him at the linebacker spot. What do you think about that, Ryan? I mean, yeah, he came in, I think at like six, one, one, he's bigger than that now a year. And especially with the, the new weight program they're doing, you know, since with the new changes. Um, but I mean, that's interesting as we as we keep saying now in this show how deep the room is. Like that might be a good opportunity for him to go play back. Or I don't. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he is that size. Mad man, what do you think? Yeah, he's right on that line where you're not sure he's not as big as Taylor, and you know, but he's he's getting there. But but it's still probably a ten pound difference, even even at best to Taylor. I mean, Taylor was just a different dude. I mean, that was unreal. I, I, one of the great anomalies to me is still how Taylor just wasn't an all pro in the, at the NFL. It's just a kind of a, still one of those mysteries to me uh, just because of, of how physically gifted he was. You know, I think Pierce probably will come in maybe 205, maybe a little south of 205. He came in 195. You, you don't want to put on that much weight either um, to kind of get used to a position. Here's where it gets interesting for me. And this is where I think Lincoln Riley has to kind of come in as like the CEO at, at times. You've got a really deep room. You're in a situation where the transfer portal is always available to these guys, right? And so you have a couple of choices here. You let the competition do its thing, and then you let attrition do its thing where guys leave in the transfer portal, or you do some things where you're moving guys around. Obviously, you want the best product on the field. But here's a very interesting scenario. What if Pierce ends up being a guy that takes one of Zion Branch's spots? And what if Zion Branch becomes a little bit disgruntled? And now Zion Branch is very close with his brother. 
now mm. are you are you sort of in a situation now where both the kids transfer out of SC? I mean, we just talked about them kind of anchoring here, but th- these are now some of the dynamics that have to kind of go into some decision making sometimes when you have sort of a package deal with brothers, when you have the transfer portal, when you have so much leverage that goes to the player. You know, Zion is in a different situation as Zach. He's in a deep room. It's very competitive. He's showing flashes. But if he gets disgruntled, they're very, very close. Can you really see a world where, you know, Zion transfers and Zach doesn't? And so then, you know, if that's the case, how do you sort of play it? These are some of the things that I think Lincoln Riley is going to have to just kind of keep his eye on. Obviously, you want to put the best product on the field. You don't want to compromise in any way. But if you can set yourself up for success sometimes with other positions as well, you just need to be mindful of that. It's a different way of coaching now in this transfer portal era. So Pierce, if he's showing kind of growth uh, physically, uh, which all indications are that he is, I think to your point, Fred, it's worth exploring what the linebacker room looks like and how he can play a role, particularly kind of getting side to side. We saw how important kind of really good linebacker play is when you're playing really explosive offenses. I mean, Michigan was sort of exhibits A, B, and C in that national title game. But also, if you can kind of kill two birds with one stone of sort of ensuring that Zion Branch has every opportunity to succeed here. So Zach also stays. Hey, maybe that also goes into the decision-making. That's some very good forecasting right there, Matt, man. That's some, that's conflict resolution. That's what you There call you that. go. There you go. Well, we just saw it in reverse, right? With the Arnold, <laughs> bro- the Arnold brothers, both yeah. coming from Oregon. They, exactly. had, granted, they had a coaching change, so a little different, right. but they, yeah. they, it's a package deal sometimes. It's a package Speaking- deal sometimes. Speaking of the Arnold brothers, we're talking. We're going to go into Keeney Arnold. So, I think he's going to be a victim of a package deal and us needing a linebacker. That's just uh, us needing a bigger, bulkier linebacker. Um, his brother was the top-rated guy in the transfer portal, but he wasn't. If correct me if I'm wrong. Am I right or wrong? He, no, you're, you're correct. Keeney was he all packed twelve, but. The, the linebacker, I think, was a higher-rated transfer, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I understand. So, I don't think he is there. He's there to compete. Let me say this the right way. Everybody is there to compete to start. But I think he's there for the depth, if that makes sense. Because of <clears throat> it's a different ball game now, and you're coming from – a different school where the there is competition, but it's not, I don't know. It's Oregon state. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm what does to, that mean, Fred? Fred's about to start some riots, you know, I am, in Corvallis, like, like, you know, I, what I'm, does that mean, Fred? <laughs> the, the, here's the best way to put it. And, and we're, we saw it with the Texans this past weekend, right? The lights are a little bit brighter, you know what I mean, at the Coliseum. You know, there's a little bit more pressure. There's a lot of – there's L.A. Times, Orange County Register, uh, the Daily Breeze, like national, ESPN, Southern California, Bleacher Report, USC. Like, there's a lot more – L.A. Football Network. L.A. Football – well, we're not. There you go. Say it loud. Say it proud. <clears throat> yeah, come on, baby. But we're a respectable source. We we want these kids to succeed. We're not looking for the junk stories like these guys are, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it's just the lights are a little bit brighter and there's a little bit more pressure, right? And he could be really, really good. And I've seen this happen. He could be really good in spring, really good in fall. And they're like, oh, he he earned the starting spot. But then when that 80,000 gets up on you and everybody's watching you and it's a little bit different, I just don't think he's prepared for that. And I don't know. And I hope he proves me wrong. You know what I mean? It'll be great to have a bunch of safeties. We got two more safeties coming in as freshmen, right? That's almost eight safeties in the room, which is great depth, and it'll get you through injuries and everything like that. I just don't think that he has played in this, this under this pressure. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else has played under this pressure. Even though Kamari Renzi was at UCLA, he was still in L.A. You know, L.A. media, it's New York is number one. L.A. is number two. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a just it's just a little bit different compared to being tucked off in Corvallis, Oregon. And like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I know I'm talking rambling, but I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. And I apologize for that. Uh, Jamal, help me out. Fix me. <laughs> no, I mean, essentially what you're saying, Fred, is you're calling Achille Arnold the Isaiah Mobley of the USC football team, you know, is that he is sort of the package deal three years ago. The basketball team wanted Evan Mobley. He was the prize. Isaiah Mobley was the brother. He came along with uh, with Evan, you know, the year before to sort of pave the way. And you're essentially saying Achille Arnold is is sort of more, uh, not the throw-in, but the supplementary piece to Mascarenas Arnold, who, who's, who was really the key of this get. And I agree with you. I think Achille Arnold did some really nice things. Obviously, this year he had 25 tackles. He had two interceptions. Uh, Oregon State runs a really complex and physical uh, secondary scheme. And I think he did a great job being a rotational piece and also just being one of the, the team leaders. I think having said that, he's going to realize that this is kind of a different level of athlete and competition that he's going to face. And so I think Achille Arnold is going to be a very viable rotational piece. I think he's going to bring a lot of experience. I think he's going to bring a lot of toughness. So I think he's going to find a niche for himself. But I think to your point, Fred, I think the greater upside, you know, the 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 more the higher potential for kind of leadership and bigger plays, I think, rests with the Ramseys and the Smiths than it does with Achille Arnold. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think when the when the transfers first happened, I was like, okay, there's your two starting safeties next year, Kamari Ramsey and Achille Arnold. Um, and then, you know, if, if they do put Smith though, as a true safety or after seeing what Anthony Beavers did and what, and if Zion's healthy, um, you know, I think it's, he's more of maybe a depth piece or a, a competition piece to push and he may still end up winning that job. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think, uh, he's an addition to the room now, not the slot in starter that I maybe originally thought when, when he, you know, transferred in, but great player played in a great defense. Um, and you know, it's just, it's a deep room. I mean, it's, it's wild how deep it is going into this year. We'll see who stands out and who shines out and who, who claims the roles, but, um, Arnold certainly has that and, and will push either push anyone up forward. Um, or if injuries happen like they did last year, I mean, the, the safety room was pretty decimated with injuries last year. Um, it's great to have this depth or if he ends up winning the job, then, you know, they've got very competent and starters that have a lot of experience then with Ramsey and Arnold, if it is those two. The one thing, Rye, I'll say also to your point is I think Achille Arnold will bring an element of leadership to this team because he's had, he had to wait his turn at Oregon State. You know, he was at Oregon State four years, really didn't play very much the first three years, and then this past season got an opportunity and did an absolutely terrific job. 
And so I think he's going to be a really nice leadership piece to put his arm around some of the younger kids and say, hey, listen, you know, it's sometimes these things take time. Don't get down on yourself. Don't quit. Trust the process. You know, sometimes these things, we all have different kind of growth trajectories. Look at me. Look, I'm here now as a leader of this team after sort of the journey that I've had. So I think with Achille Arnold, so much of his value could also be a rotational piece on the field. But there could be a lot that we see behind the scenes off the field where he could be sort of a galvanizing force. Yeah, I I, I agree. And and the fact that you say that, it worries me now. and it's a it's a it's a coach's worry, and I say it from this this aspect. How long does it take for him to develop, right? And he only has one year. How is he going to be able to pick the defense up? And if he can't pick the defense up, he kind of becomes a liability when he gets put in the game. But he is creating competition. He is a leader. He has played college football for four years, so he has the ability. And he's like Ryan said, he was first team All Pac twelve, so he has the ability to be really good and shine. The question is, how long does it take for him to develop? Can he come in right now and develop? Or is he a developmental guy that takes multiple years? That's the question I'll be out. But spring football will be really good, and there will be a lot of depth in that safety room. Excuse me. Ryan, are any of the freshmen, any of those freshmen safety already on campus? That's like a thing now. Everybody early enrolls now. That's like, like, that's that's everything now. I can't imagine like just leaving high school after Christmas and being done um, yeah. and going to college. But uh, yeah, so the two incoming are um, Marquise Galagos, also from Sierra Canyon, four star, and then Jarvis Boatwright uh, out of Clearwater, Florida. Um, I'm not 100% sure about Boatwright, but I thought this was interesting. I saw it right before we jumped on, so I didn't even like fact check it. So if I'm putting out false info, I hopefully not, but I literally saw it and then we jumped on here. But Galagos was invited to the, the Polynesian Bowl down in Hawaii. And he decided to skip it and stay on campus at USC to go in the workout program. And apparently he's already gained like 10 pounds of muscle or so. I don't know if that's factual or not, but that's what the. That's the, not factual. He's only been there for a month. You know, you don't gain 10 pounds yeah, that fast. Not, yeah. But, but <laughs> program, obviously that's a, you know, that's, that's high marks there. So just more depth and, and youth there as they get two more, you know, safeties from this freshman class, I think will be good. Yeah, that'd be great. So, so if we count, that's nine, right? That's. We'll sounds, say nine. It sounds right? like nine. <laughs> <laughs> I like nine. Sounds like nine. We'll take it. Sounds like nine. So Man, I good. wish I took a math class with you at SC. You know, that would have been fantastic to tell one of the professors, you know, it sounds right. You know, <laughs> it sounds, it's close. It, it, I, I work in construction. We'll, we'll be like, it's close enough. It's off by a third. It, it's close enough. Make it yeah. work. <laughs> I think it's eight. Four returning, two transfers, two recruits. There we go. Eight. Sounds like nine. I was cl- told you, Jamal. I was close. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Sounds like nine. Hey, uh, you guys asked me earlier, how's 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 I doing? I'm not doing well. I will tell you this why because I missed my prop bet this weekend by one guy. One guy. I had Lamar Jackson two touchdowns. Zay Flowers on the under. Uh, I had the over with uh the Russian with Green Bay. And then I had Brock Purdy hit one person to hit. That was CJ Stroud. He did not hit. I had him over two touchdowns because I thought he was going to oh, do better. Man. And if you want to do those prop bets and have fun and make your entertaining weekend, go to underdogfantasy.com or go to the underdog fantasy app on the Google store or Apple store, put in USC LAFB and you get a hundred dollar welcome bonus. This weekend, you got your opportunity to put in your championship parlay. 
You get you can start at two and go up to six. That's underdogfantasy.com. USC LAFB to get your hundred dollar bonus. One player off, Ryan. One player off. And one of them was one of them was the chili pepper. So it'd been like I played mm. I did it for five bucks. I would have got $187. Mm. Of course. Uh, you want to hear my bad beat from this weekend? Go uh, ahead. Ooh, this will be Luckily, good. Thank God I had others miss. I think I had two of the five miss. So it wasn't just this one. Or maybe I had even you, three. You have to run it back from Buffalo. Yeah, James Cook. Over yep. under was 61 and a half. He had 67 yards going into the fourth quarter and got negative six yards in the fourth quarter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, yeah. That's like scripted. Like, how does that even happen? Jeez. Yeah. The halves kill me. So I'm going I'm to be looking into it. They don't put them up until Friday, but uh, I'll look yeah. on Friday and see what we could get. See if I could get redeem myself and, and come back from this perfect weekend. We got to get Jamal on the dog fantasy. Hey, so all I got to say is Rye knows this. I've picked Lions Ravens since Thanksgiving. That was my Super Bowl pick since Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we're in the uh, we're in the final four here, and um, I'm I'm riding with Lions Ravens here. I'm curious. Oh, man, that's a conversation for a different day. We can have that conversation <laughs> later. I just, ah, oh, man, the, the 49ers are just so good. They overcome. They know how to overcome so much with their defense. Their defense help helps them overcome a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The defense no, I mean, Ryan up. knows it's his favorite team, and, you know, he's passionate <laughs> about it. <laughs> Definitely. Don't hey. put that on me. That is not true. <laughs> everyone wondering. Don't you put sarcastic. that on me, Ryan Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> so we started We started with the back. We'll hit, up and we'll hit the island up. I think we'll hit the island up next Tuesday because the island is really, really interesting because I was high on Damani. Damani's gone now, but those corners did a really good job this this holiday bowl too. We got a couple of corners coming in from across town and from actually some transfer portal guys, and we have some incoming freshmen. So we'll talk about that on we'll talk about that next Tuesday because this Thursday we have a special guest coming in again. And this one will have the Twitter world buzzing. You guys thought you guys were buzzing off of El Chicano. Who we have for you guys coming on Thursday is going to get you guys going. And I love it. I love every bit of it. I love the interaction. I love you guys. I love our fans. Ryan and Jamal, I really appreciate doing this. It's been fun. We're getting out here in under an hour. That's that's rare. So you guys enjoy that too. <laughs> Jamal's happy. Jamal, I just want to let you guys know this. Jamal's always like, we got to hit the sweet spot at 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hit the and then I'm spot. the one that ends up talking the most. So, you know, it's yeah. uh... <laughs> definitely. But I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all you guys' fans. Um, let's do it. Hey, it's so fun. Let's do it again later this week. How does that sound? Sounds, Sounds great. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. You guys know how it goes. Live free, fight on.